Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. From Decrypt.co, this is Matthew Aaron. Today on the show, the U.S. GDP takes a historic hit in the second quarter. Ethereum breaks $340, first time since June 2019. And in our main story, marketing and trust in the crypto space. We talked to Samantha Yap, founder of Yap Global PR firm, to figure out who can we trust coming into a bull market. Coming up on the Decrypt Daily. What's up, everybody? Happy Friday, July 31st. Welcoming in the weekend and welcoming in August. I can't believe it's already August. Today is our long form podcast, so it's going to be a little longer than 15 minutes today. So grab a snack, sit back, relax, or maybe just take a more scenic route on your commute home. Here are today's crypto prices. And it is a pretty sight across the board in the crypto space. I'm recording this at 2.50 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and Bitcoin is at 11.280, up 2.7% from yesterday. Ethereum, 342.93, up 7.75% from yesterday. Litecoin, 57.95, up 2.1% from yesterday. Bitcoin Cash, $300.50, up 4.5% from yesterday. And XRP, 25.2 cents, up 4.35% from yesterday. I'm as excited as anyone. My bags are lighter, and it's a beautiful day. But remember, we've seen disappointment in the crypto space before. We've also seen very drastic sudden changes up and down. Let's play it day by day in the crypto space, hour by hour, and some people play it by minute by minute candles. Just take caution. But let us rejoice as the Lord bring us green candles. And now to the main story. Today, I sit down with Samantha Yap, the founder of Yap Global PR. And I have a lot of angst, maybe a little bit of jadedness from the market over the past four years. I've seen the ICO bubble. I've seen STOs. I've seen every ICO or money grabbing scheme in the crypto space. And I want to know what happens to this next bull. What are we going to see coming out? And who's going to be responsible? Who's going to bring us the real news, the honest news? Who's going to come with integrity in the crypto space? Or all we're going to see is dollar dollar bills. Anyway, well, I talked to Samantha about this to see how her PR firm, PR firms in general, and media centers in the crypto space are going to approach a bull market. Enjoy. Samantha, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Matt. Samantha, I met you a couple years ago at Consensus. You yep. have a PR company called Yap Global. You mm-hmm. are a PR firm for cryptocurrency. You know what? I think this is a very 
uh, interesting topic because of the what PR companies do for crypto firms in the space. Also, what they do for crypto for crypto firms in the space during bull runs. And I just want to, you know, talk about PR firms, media, you, the building of your company and what you're gearing up to do in this bull run. And well, I just want to, you know, really pick your brain about also media and how they report on some of the companies you represent or companies in the space. But before we get into that whole conversation, please tell me what does a PR firm do in the crypto space? Right. So in short, a PR firm really breaks down the complex, you know, terms of crypto projects, you know, from decentralized exchanges to data oracles. Um, and, and basically we make what projects are doing easy to understand so that the media um, can grasp it and write about it and ultimately publishes it in media to make it easy for outsiders or even people within the industry to understand what these projects are doing. And so how, how do you do that? I mean, I understand that you say, okay, for example, we could talk about sharding. Let's say a, a company comes out with a new platform for sharding. And it's hard to break down like that word sharding, you put to the media, you maybe have some write ups or what have you. I mean, that's just education. Couldn't a company do that by itself without you? But what do you do for that company? I mean, firstly, I would probably need to research for about an hour to learn about sharding. And even then, I might not really fully grasp it, which is why I would work with the client to really um, understand how to communicate it. But um, it's really about the, the media part. So Yap Global, we um, our mission is to be a bridge between quality journalism and emerging technology companies. Um, so while, you know, companies, you're right, companies themselves could write explainers about sharding and put, put a blog about it. But uh, right now, the, the media narrative of the blockchain and crypto space is really shaped by, uh, you know, what's out on like Decrypt or, you know, Coindesk, The Block, uh, you know, Cointelegraph. These are what we would regard the top tier uh, media publications in the space. Um, and it's really about, you know, with companies wanting to put their announcements out or, or tell their stories, it's about finding a way to get this story heard today. Okay, so a project has something to do with sharding coming out. Why should a reporter write about it today? That's what we help um, companies, you know, uh, do. That's interesting what you said earlier is the media narrative. You know, shaping the media narrative around companies is something that we always kind of look at in the crypto space of how that's being done. We want an honest company. We want, we want an honest uh, reporting of the company and an honest um, narrative being put out. How much of that honesty and, and integrity is being put into the media narrative that is being created for these companies? Well, that is a good question. And that is, um, you know, really about the um, like ethical standards that the media publications in the industry, in the crypto industry, and also spreading out to the traditional financial press as well. Um, it really comes down to, yeah, uh, the uh, quality of journalism and basically, you know, the quality of reporting that, that journalists in this space do. So, you know, my background's in journalism. I used to work as a journalist and broadcaster for uh, 
Channel News Asia, Singapore's national broadcaster. So um, I do understand kind of the uh, rules and like guidelines when it comes to journalism. You want to make sure that your um, you know article is balanced. Um, you're hearing from multiple sources, and you know you present the the facts, uh, and and ultimately it's the truth of the story. Um, and in terms of the, the the how the narrative is shaped, you know again it really boils down to the the quality of journalism um, in the space. It's been very challenging for reporters in the crypto space to uh, maintain their quality of reporting and, you know, uh, document and write about this space because it moves so fast. Um, You know, I fell into this space in 2017 during the ICO craze. Looking back, so much has happened, you know, you know, even right now, this week is Ethereum's, you know, fifth birthday, looking back at kind of the media narrative shifting from when ICOs was such a big thing to like, you know, then uh, CryptoKitties and and, and decentralized applications, um, you know, being very popular to like, now, DeFi uh, being kind of the the hottest buzzword at the moment. Uh, It moves so fast. And I think that I really have a lot of respect and admiration for the journalists in in this space that are covering it. Um, And yeah, you know, I have a lot of sympathy for them because they're, you know, they could be writing one or two stories a day and trying to wrap their head around like DAOs uh, to crypto custody solutions and where it's at today. So um, it's kind of a balance because... Yeah, it's like quality and accuracy. So, yeah, I mean, I, I understand that quality journalism. That's pretty, you know, <laughs> this is what we look for with all, you know, um, media sources and that we rely on. I'm asking from a PR point of view, you know, you have, you know, say one of these media sources that you mentioned before, you as a PR firm representing that sharding company, they come out with some shill piece that you know is complete bullshit. What do you do as a PR company or do you just let it ride? How do you create, how do you hold yourself and those companies and the media narrative accountable for quality journalism if you're representing a company as a PR firm? Um, That's a good question. And um, we as a PR firm focus on telling stories, not selling products. But, you know, the products are are, are a big part of it, of course. So when a client comes to us and they say, okay, we've got a partnership announcement, um, you know, because there's so many partnership announcements in this space, we would kind of also do, you know, in our way, like our background check or due diligence on like what, you know, what it really is, you know, um, and, and, you know, we like case studies, so we always try and push our clients on finding an example. Like, if you're partnering with the company, what are you doing with them? What can we show? Um, and then we build a story around it. If there is no story, if there's nothing to show, then we would not pitch it. And in terms of, you know, doing partnership announcements, and like in quotation marks, uh, I like to stay away from any partnership jargon. So the, you know, standard joining forces or company X and company Y is working with company Y to do this. Um, I think a lot of it is like, what are what are these two companies doing together? Um, and, and what is the significance um, of the story for the industry? So always pushing on why does this matter? And how does it fit into today? That is not what I asked. What I asked was <laughs> you as a PR company, if you see a show piece coming from a media a media outlet, what do you do to protect your clients or to make sure that there's integrity within that article of a client that you represent? I'm asking this because it is in your benefit for your clients to be 
to have the best and best articles come out from these media sources, to have the most money be raised. It doesn't matter if it's a show piece or it doesn't matter if it's, you know, uh, it doesn't matter. The better they look, the better you look. What do you do as a PR company? You're, you're asking me if we see a show piece of another company of, of our clients. Of your clients. Well, well, that's what we that's what we push to do. I mean, so you want a show piece. So yeah. you, I'm talking about dishonest things. Like, uh, like, dishonest, like just, yeah, well, I answered your question in saying that we make sure that we're not putting out anything that's like we make sure that our clients are putting out, you know, something they're actually doing. Um, that, you know, that like that an announcement, um, there is a story behind it um, and they are actually legitimately working on, um, you know, a project. And we make sure also in selecting our clients that they're doing um, valuable work that's adding value to the industry. So in terms of the shield piece going out in the media, that's us. Like, I mean, however you want to say it, I, I mean, I wouldn't shill is like. When, when you're saying shilling, I mean, that has a negative, um, you know, tone to it. I guess it's like basically raising awareness about what our clients are doing. And so we would be the ones behind that story. Um, but however you want to perceive it, whether it's shill or not, I guess when you say when you use the word shill, it just it just seems like it's like kind of like, yeah, promoting a token and be like, buy this token. But really, you know, say we work with BAM Protocol, for example, and they're a data oracle provider that's, um, you know, doing really great work and they're partnering with some really interesting projects. Uh, so what they're doing and, and the solutions they're providing to build trust in the DeFi space um, is important. I'm, I'm happy that you said shill is negative because that's exactly why I asked it. I want to know the difference and I want to know the nuance between something that is a shill of a company to something that is a promotion of a company or something that is marketing. And I'm asking this because I was also in the midst of the ICO bubble. I was also in the change from ICOs to STOs. I was also in that whole thing where there's this money flowing everywhere from you know, dentistry coins and, you know, mm -hmm. any other ICO you could, you can imagine. And I would love for this next round, if there is a next round of, of bull market, that the people who are listening to this show or coming into the space that are new understand and are educated of what to look for coming from the media, media sources, alternative media sources, so that they can prepare. That's what I want from you. Oh, that's a really hard one because it's such a like subjective, you know, like I think in the crypto like ecosystem, everyone kind of throws that word around. But um, I guess it's just looking at the the the, the main story and 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 the um, again the, going back to the like why does this matter for the industry? Um, so I think as as companies that are are wanting to uh, share their stories and basically PR their 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 product. It's about building that story again and how it fits into the narrative. And I know I always go back to this, but, you know, it's not just about like, hey, here's our token, buy our token. And again, I don't want it to sound so much like we're in the ICO, like, boom again, because it's not about that. There's there's now actual, you know, uh, DeFi applications that, you know, there are companies that are trying to, you know, build out like financial uh, products uh, based on, you know, the like Ethereum blockchain or, or other blockchains. Um, so it's kind of explaining what they're doing and 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 describing why uh, it's so important, especially now we're in the middle of a global pandemic. Uh, you know the 
global financial you know, system has been turned on its head. Uh, so with these new decentralized finance applications coming out, why is this the way forward? Kind of looking at the story behind that, how I would uh, help companies get their you know, voice and their, their brand heard today. I'm going to switch this up a little bit. I, I'm, I'm actually always been impressed with new companies uh, in the crypto space. And then I, when I met you, you had a small team. I think yours probably mm-hmm. about two or three of you. Um, I, I met you at, I, I can't remember what, what, what after party it could sense there's just so yeah, many. So many. Um, but but you, you, you were like literally with your whole team there. And I think it was just our two or three people. Two or three years later, you are, you are still going strong. I, and I want to know, one, what has it taken for you to start and continue a business in the crypto space that is prospering? And how have you innovated during the pandemic and COVID? And I would say amidst, you know, uh, working from home and virtual everything. How, how has that taken its toll? Thank you for asking. So the story is I just fell down the crypto rabbit hole um, and with my background in journalism and just my expertise in like helping, you know, companies tell their stories when I had a short stint in fintech PR. Um, yeah, I, I started to, to land, you know, a few clients of my own, um, helping them, um, you know, again, tell their stories in the media. Uh, and then that evolved, like more companies started to come. And I think it may be just, you know, combined with our approach to, um, you know, building a story around a, a company instead of just pushing out like news for, you know, for no strategic reason. Even today, I've got, you know, team members in Melbourne, Berlin, Paris, yeah, quite an agile and, and flexible team. And in a way, when the global lockdown hit, and all of us were kind of forced to work from home, it didn't really make much of a difference to our work. And and actually, we were the um, media partners for uh, Coindesk's, you know, consensus uh, 2020, what it was supposed to be, but then it just quickly pivoted in a month's time, uh, just before it happened in in um, May, to a virtual conference. And yeah, it's actually been quite a busy time for us because uh, when that happened, we had to kind of all of a sudden learn and uh, kind of build up an infrastructure for ha- doing PR for virtual conferences instead of having a physical press room, which we would have uh, in the, the Hilton in New York. Um, we had to build out a kind of a telegram press room so things like that we've we've learned um to do during this time and in terms of keeping up with this space i mean it moves so fast for example learning what zero knowledge you know proofs and zero knowledge roll-ups are (laughs) my team spends so much time like learning about that and helping companies kind of explain that to the media well, if you guys want to listen about zero knowledge or ZK snarks or ZK rollups, there's an episode in this series. Just go oh, back really? a couple weeks, then you guys can learn about it. Oh, cool. What, as a PR firm, what do you think about alternative media? Are the podcasters, the YouTubers, the crypto Twitter personalities, hashtag influencers? It really helps. I mean, even right now with our clients, we're not just, you know, focusing on getting them, you know, um, articles and stories out in in, in media publications. We're also looking at podcasts, you know, uh, feature stories. And yeah, especially crypto Twitter, it's, you know, you've got to find the right influencers and make sure that your client has, um, you know, is able to add value or, or contribute to what they're doing because, that's how you get um, traction. Uh, but really coming back to how we um, you know, see ourselves as a bridge um, between journalism and emerging technology companies, the hopes is that 
people outside of crypto right now will you know have user friendly easy to use products that they can adopt it too and then that's beneficial for the whole industry how are you going to bridge that gap there's such a huge knowledge gap like you know if you asked your mom or your dad and they're not in the crypto space you know would they know how to buy crypto send it to you and send it to their friends and also like why would they like what's in it for them so helping kind of make the case for that is also part a lot of what we've been doing for the last few years do your clients ever pay for those shows for like um podcasts or youtube or what have you um, no no we don't do pay for play at all like we are like i'm very for earned media we make sure that when we're pitching our client to a podcast that it's for editorial reasons and that our client is on there by editorial merit but, you know, some podcasts and YouTube channels, they do take money um, and they do take a substantial amount of money. Sometimes uh, back in 2017, I've heard 10, 20, 30,000 dollars, you know, for taken for just an interview and not even disclosed. What do you say to those kind of practices? I think people can really judge um, the quality of a podcast or, um, you know, a YouTube uh, channel based on the content. Uh, and I think that um, when you can see that some, you can you can basically tell when something is paid and when something is earned. What I say to, you know, pay for play, it obviously kind of ruins the uh, industry and market for us. Because when we're like trying to pitch for new clients and they're saying, hey, how come this company is on this publication? Like, can you get us on there? And I'll have to explain that that, you know, is a paid um, and they can obviously pay if they want to get on that YouTube channel or that podcast. But we're not going to do that for them because that's easy. Like then they can allocate the budget to do that. But um, for us, we work very hard to make sure that um, our clients are organically getting picked up by the media because there's a lot of work that goes into that. So yeah, I, I know I know what you're talking about though because in 2017, like I remember, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna name names here, but there were <laughs> there were sites that were charging like as high as one Bitcoin to publish a press release. And it's, yeah, it's I've, I've seen two or three Bitcoin just for a podcast. <laughs> yeah, I think that's ridiculous. I mean, you can tell though whether it is paid or not when you right. Yeah, and the reason why I'm asking these questions, some people might think that I am uh, going a little a little hard in the paint, you know, to try to whittle down what you do. If they think that, and they think that I'm coming in hard, uh, is it's that they didn't see 2017. I, I want to see a respectable industry, you know, in the mm -hmm. in the crypto space. I want to see co companies emerge and you know be genuine be authentic and, and you know try to do uh the right by their clients their investors their cryptocurrency holders and as well as you know just the industry in, in general and it, it takes a village to you know hold everybody accountable and that's very very important i think for the growth of the space we've seen enough scams we've seen enough uh, exit scams we've seen enough you know companies go bust and you know uh, raise billions of, or millions of dollars, at least uh, some in a, on occasion, billions of dollars off of just white papers. And it's one of those things that I really hold dear that we can change in this space and have much more transparency when it comes to the financial aspects, the uh, promotion aspects, the media aspects, and those partnerships in between. So if anybody, any company is, you know, being 100% legit with that, I, I want to give them props. So I appreciate you being open 
with yeah, this, this conversation. People can see PR as like, oh, you're paying a company to just shout about you uh, or help you shout about yourself. Um, but I would also see it as um, this industry needs quality PR firms that will help the great projects that are actually building um, amazing things uh, for this industry um, tell their stories because you know let's face it and no offense to some founders but they're so they're they're so smart they're they're you know very technical very deep into what they're building but sometimes they don't know how to tell their own story and um, they're not you know able to do their own story justice and that's the role that we play. Samantha, I want to say thank you for coming on the show and good luck with your company. And of course, I'll be talking to you again. Yeah, cool. Thank you so much, Matt. And in other news, you already heard it a couple times here, but Ethereum is on a tear over $340. It's its highest price since June 2019. And hopefully we're not slowing down. Ethereum is up 162.6% to date. I mean, look, this is an investment advice. This is no kind of trading advice, but the average return for the stock market is around 7%. We're talking about killing it right here. You're killing it if you invested in Ethereum. So congrats to anyone who did. President Trump says the next stimulus checks could be bigger than last time. Donald Trump said he would like to see very high coronavirus relief payments, but experts are concerned that this will continue to devalue the dollar. The HEALS Act is estimated to cost another $1 trillion. While this is an estimate cost, the House has proposed a $3 trillion stimulus package. Listening to NPR today, the previous $1,200 stimulus payments, most of it went to savings. People didn't spend it. And some people might have put it into Bitcoin. What expires today, the 31st of July, is that extra unemployment benefit, the $600 a week, which went for rent and food and daily needs. I'm anxious to see how this pans out, what Congress is going to do, but we're coming into rent. It's the first of the month. Where's some bone thongs at Harmony when I need it? I think that's copyrighted. I'm not going to try it. It's the first of the month. It's going to be interesting to see how some people that are still unemployed as unemployment is still going up makes ends meet. And the United States GDP falls 32.9% in the second quarter. It's the worst quarterly drop in the United States GDP history. Now, the second worst plunge was in 1921 when the GDP fell around 28%. For another comparison, the Great Recession back in 2008, 2009's worst quarter was around 8% drop. 32.9% drop is unreal. What is this going to do to the long-term market? Well, you know the third quarter is kicking off really well. Jobs are coming back, but is it going to be enough? How is that 32.9% drop going to spread out over the next year? What is it going to do to the housing payments? What's going to happen when these unemployment benefits run out? We all have to wait and see. But with a bright side, the silver lining to every cloud, the cryptocurrency market, it did take a hit, but it bounced right back with the stock market. So, while mostly only the upper income levels are invested in the stock market and can see returns from their dividends and their stock portfolios, it's the average person that can invest in cryptocurrency and see those returns. As I mentioned a little earlier, Ethereum up 162% year to date. It seems as though cryptocurrency is we, the people's investment. Thank you for listening to today's show. My name is Matthew Aaron. Don't forget to follow me at the Decrypt Daily on Twitter. 
please subscribe, rate us, leave us a comment, and share with other people so people can get daily crypto news from decrypt.co. I want everybody to have a great weekend. Stay safe, wash your hands, wear a mask, please. And I hope on Monday to bring you more good moon news in the crypto space. Happy hodling. I'll see you Monday.